salutations and shit folks welcome 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 back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast travel and shit where i your host d carrie have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life dabs it up so welcome back to october i don't know if i need to figure out maybe like a name um, for October, give it an adjective, if you will, um, something to kind of explain. And I think that the best way to kind of dive into it is roll back to maybe four minutes ago. I would have said 30 seconds ago, but I know I rabbit hole a lot. So I'll say about four minutes ago when I was, uh, telling my guests what the fuck we'd be talking about. Right. And the answer was kind of, nothing and everything. So if you are new here, welcome. This happens to be a celebratory time for us over at Travel and Shit, where we are celebrating five years. And I, um, thank you. I will be introducing my guests. We'll have my guests introduce themselves shortly, but I kind of wanted to just, um, start with a mini explanation. Um, I'm happy to have you here. And (laughs) That is kind of the essence of what the episodes of October are about. I am happy to have listeners. I am happy to have you here, whether there are five of you, 5,000 of you, or 50,000 of you. Y'all pull up and you listen to what I have to say, and I hope you do. Um, Even if you don't, you pull up and you dabble through a little bit of what I have to say, but I appreciate it. And... um, I wanted to show that appreciation by honoring your voices and giving you space to have that conversation on a larger stage, as opposed to in my DMS or on the street or with your friends. I feel that there is something that you can learn from anyone if you ask the right questions. And I am very excited to have you guys here with me this month to have these conversations. So I say all that to say, welcome. Welcome to my guests. If you are watching on the YouTubes, you can see this handsome face. Handsome oh, face. Mm, Please mm. introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm James. Uh, I, I met Carrie through a friend of ours. Uh, and I'm Fred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we've just been stalking each other on Instagram. And it's like, <laughs> this is like the first long conversation we've ever had together. So Absolutely. It's a pleasure here. to finally meet you. Fantastic to finally meet you. And I'll tell you, um, I've listened to your podcast uh, for a while. And I've listened to other travel podcasts. And they just tend to go by the wayside. So five years is no joke. That's a that's a big feat. So I admire you for that. That's it's very admirable. Thank you. Thank you very much. And there I'm very go. proud of that five years and I received that warmly. <laughs> so to my guest, please mm-hmm. introduce yourself. Okay. So like I said, my name is James. Um, I think, you know, uh, as a traveler, you know, I think it's boring just to say what I, what I do as a, you know, for a living, I used to be a cartoonist for Disney, but what? Um, how yes. fucking cool is that? Yes. Are you serious? Yes. Very the lead. I didn't okay. know that. No, no, yeah. So that's that's not that's not the point. But my main vice. But it's still so fucking cool. Uh, it's it's cool until you find out that Disney's actually a really big business, and you're just a small cog in a machine. Oh no. We but don't. anyway, um, I've traveled a lot throughout my life. I'm actually I'm half Vietnamese, half Czech, um, first generation American. So there's a lot of like different family that lives all over the world. So I've traveled since a young age. 
I've been to like 54 countries and I speak three wow. different languages. So just happy to be here and finally talk to you, Carrie. It's an honor. Thank you for being here and shout out to three fucking languages because I feel like that's one thing that doesn't get, well, I feel like the average person kind of can appreciate being able mm. to speak a different, you know what? I don't know. By the average person, we got to remember where we, we, I live in the United States. Are you in the U.S.? Are you yeah. U.S. based? I'm in, okay. I'm in the U.S. based in New York. Oh, sweet. So am I. Yeah. Hold yeah. up. So. Good, good. <laughs> Oh, it's such originally, a... Originally, I'll tell you though, originally I'm from D.C., from the D.C. area. Okay. And I moved here, I moved here in 96. Oh, so, so you've yeah. been here like yeah. long. I have been here for a long time. A long time. Oof. And I'm ready to fucking go. <laughs> I'm ready to fucking go. And I never, never in my life thought I, mm. me, mm. me, <laughs> would be over New York. I didn't ever see me moving out of Queens. Like I was mm. just like, what? Well, I won't say I never saw me moving out of Queens. Roll that back. I never saw myself moving to Long Island. I don't know what it was about Long Island. That was just like, absolutely the fuck not. But then I went there for school and it was just like, actually, it's not too <laughs> terrible. Not interested in going back though. <laughs> We've progressed. Yeah. But um, three languages, 54 fucking countries. What languages do you speak? Um, so the language I'm most fluent in is Portuguese. My okay. um, yeah, my second ex-wife was Brazilian. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, yeah. We were together for seven years. But um, okay. before that, I spoke Spanish. So, my Spanish mm – -hmm. my, my Portuguese is almost fluent. My Spanish okay. is, like, intermediate, advanced. And then I mm -hmm. speak French just because I have uh, family in France. And I and I want to try to curse at them sometimes. So, okay. Yeah. So, you lied. So, four languages. <laughs> uh, oh, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, if you consider <laughs> English a language, I don't know. Like, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. <I> <laughs> If you're in France. The way we talk about it. No, I don't know. Right, right. Yeah. And that's where I mean, like, I feel like it's kind of the first thing that I think of when I say, well, when I correct myself mm. for beginning to say, I think the average person can appreciate being able to speak different languages. And I pause because it always grinds my fucking gears mm. when someone will say, well, you're in America, speak English. Yeah. Bruh. Yeah. And I feel like these are the same people that go to different countries and expect to be serviced mm -hmm. in English, expect for all the um, amenities mm -hmm. and the yeah. travel accoutrement, if you will, to be catered to their um, American tastes and sure. desires. And so it's um, more fair to say that the average reasonable person can appreciate being able to speak different languages. I only speak fucking English. Um, and I took funny enough. Uh, I basically aced the Spanish regions. Okay. Oh, Let's there just you go. slide that in there. So um, then I got like no a 98. Can... Well, that's fin oh, that's fantastic. On the um, Spanish regions. <laughs> over 20 years ago, I think at that point, at this point, yes, well over 20, not well, maybe like 22, 23, but 20 years ago, took that test. Don't ask me how I got to 98. Because I was like, <laughs> better like, <laughs> yo no say. But one thing I do remember, and then I always laugh at, and La Boca said out a knowing time test. 
Mr. Oh, Resigna. Uh-huh. Shout out to Mr. Resigna. He wrote that shit on the board like the first day and never took it off. And it was, mm-hmm. for those of you that don't speak Spanish, in a closed mouth, a fly cannot enter. Mm-hmm. Basically, shut the fuck up. Exactly. And he was one of the sweetest, most gentle and kindest teachers I've ever had. So I hope he's still kicking. I hope he's still doing it right. And that, you know, he's got people around him that love him because he was a really sweet guy. Um, I don't speak no other languages. Well, Did you learn them? What was your question? Yeah. So, I, well, the thing is, you know, just to talk about like what you were talking about is, is I think, you know, being able to speak another language actually like um, helps you understand um, where people are coming from more. It opens a lot of hmm. doors. I'll give you an example. Like I was in uh, Nicaragua once on a surf trip with some friends. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think sometimes Americans, especially when they go to South American countries, Central American countries, they have an image of who a Central or South American person is. And I was talking to the driver as, uh, as he's driving us around um, Nicaragua. And he, he says to me, like, he had a law degree and blah, 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 just, you know, he's a, he's an yeah. educated guy. Like, um, it just happens that he makes more driving tourists around. Right. And, and the guys with me, they didn't speak any Spanish. So like to them, this guy is just a driver, you know? Yeah. And, and, and for me, it's, it was interesting to find out about this guy's family, that level of mm-hmm. education. Like we started talking about issues about, you know, uh, opportunities, the things going on in the country. So I think, you know, you don't have to speak another language, um, but I think it does open a lot of doors that previously would not be open to anybody who doesn't, you know, yeah. can't communicate with people that way. So, I think it um, is nice to highlight that it also, like outside of safety, right? Mm-hmm. I think, um, especially as like, um, a, I don't like saying female travel, mm-hmm. but as a a woman traveler mm-hmm. or as a female traveler, mm-hmm. uh, it generally gets put under the guy, not the guys because it matters, but like the pretense of safety, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to hear if somebody's plotting on you or being sure. able to kind of understand where you're going and reading street signs and um, just signage in general so right. that you don't necessarily present as someone who's not from there, who's lost or is open to being manipulated or taken advantage of. But I think what's something that often gets lost, but more similarly to your point, mm-hmm. is that there are certain things that just can't be expressed in English. No. And the more that I learn about the little pockets and the nuance, especially in terms of like interpersonal relationships, um, relationships with self, just like love and joy. And I guess what you would say, the stuff that you would think up and discuss maybe like in a philosophy class, there are so many little beautiful words and phrases and sentiments Mm -hmm. in so many other languages that just encapsulate a moment or a sentiment or an experience, an idea of feeling so much better than English does. And as many syllables, characters and words and as complicated as English is, Mm -hmm. it, I feel like loses a lot in itself, if that makes sense. It's like you have to do so much work, if you will, in English to make that feeling come alive and to try to embody what it is you're trying to say, where other languages, 
Um, and to me, that drives me to the other people, other mm-hmm. cultures, mm-hmm. just have a better understanding of the way life works or sure. have a maybe not better understanding, but more of an open or sure. accepting um Mindset. welcoming of yeah. yes of like, the way I think, for sure i think a lot of people they they especially you know in the u.s since we do have a lot of people working in like you know a lot of um you know i would say manual labor and stuff mm-hmm. like that who are from central america or south america like i think it's easy for people to just like um kind of think of them as less than mm-hmm. but when you it's the american way I mean, you know, like, like, yeah, if you, if you don't speak English or you speak English with an accent, like my mom and dad did, like, it's, you know, people kind of look at you a little differently or treat you a little bit differently. Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, I, and, and there's so many examples of that. Right. I'll, I'll tell you like my personal experience, even in New York, a, a city like New York, that's melting fucking pretty, hot. pretty liberal. Everybody's right? fucking here. Right. I, I was you know, and this might not, you know, might not apply to everybody, but I would, I remember, you know, when I was with my, um, Brazilian ex and we're still, we're still friends. We're still friends. We still talk. Hey but, ex. Yay. <laughs> so <Some> girl, <laughs> we, I, I remember we were speaking Portuguese to each other on the, uh, like just walking down the street and, you know, we were like kind of shoulder to shoulder and this girl just walks right between us without saying, excuse me or anything like that. And it's just shocking, right? Like she just felt like she could just walk between us. And I, I, I just yelled out, I'm like, excuse you in perfect English. Right. And only then does she turn around and say, Oh, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And what that said to me, maybe it was just my impression of the, of what happened. But what that said to me is that we were speaking a language that she maybe deemed as a third world language and that, mm-hmm. you know, she, she probably couldn't just... even identify what the fuck you were speaking. She just Maybe. knew it wasn't English. Maybe. I don't feel right. like the average person even listens. They yeah, just exactly. know. They, yeah. see, they just hear that they don't know what's going on. But I will say, like, if we were speaking French or, mm. you know. Okay, I see your Italian, point. Like, maybe it would have been a different, like, a different reaction, right? And I, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, I'm not really, like, uh, I'm not going to you know, put any like racial overtones on it, but like, you know, I'm a little darker and maybe mm-hmm. she just thought like, Oh, these guys mm-hmm. are, you know, so. Yep. Those in the days and the yeah, thems, exactly. The, 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 exactly. those people and the others, it's the very much so othering yeah. of people. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and you had mentioned the driver that mm-hmm. you had mm-hmm. in Nicaragua. You were mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. They were a full on law. Yeah. Yeah. Full on law degree, yeah, and it's like a lot of people don't realize that those so those same people exist, yeah, in the states. Full on yeah. law degrees, doctors, mm-hmm. teachers, biologists, very educated people, well educated people that just happen to come here and not speak the language, sure, or happen to come here and not be permitted to or have greater barriers or restrictions, or not to say that anybody should be able to come over and just practice medicine but sure. like i get there's licensure and paperwork and shit that has to happen in order for that to happen and i personally would appreciate somebody <laughs> going through that before they doctor on me right however the point is it's like i feel like um america tends to be a how quickly can i be better than somebody else how can i get you got you good how can i kind of out something you and unfortunately that kind of 
not just assigns value, but offers a certain level of safety. And that's the thing about it. That is one thing to say, well, okay, X skill is more valuable in X setting. That is important. And that makes sense, right? Fair assessment. However, how can I find a way that I can be better than X person so that I inherently am safer from X? It's just like the the nature of this country for me, a black ass woman, a very visibly black person. Um, how can my interpretation of it, right, sure. is more of an um, experience of how can I secure my own safety? But in the, but sadly, that safety is very much so in many cases aligned with like white supremacy. It's just like, well, how can I not be the other in this case? How can I highlight someone's more otherness? Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, well, how like somebody might initially say, OK, well, well, at least I'm not a gay or well, at least I'm not fat mm-hmm. or well, well, I'm not in a wheelchair. I'm not disabled. It's like there's so many ways that people try to stack themselves. It's like a race to betterness. And it's like all the shit that they try to like better is just like, how did we get (laughs) like how like how was this the metric, right? It's like what what and I don't got no political science degree, so we ain't gonna go further into that than that. But it's just very sad. And it's not that this doesn't exist in other places. Right, um, right. The world is full of shit. Like sure. we could open up any publication, sure. scroll through anybody's feed. You could sure. be in Czech Twitter, Nigerian Twitter, mm-hmm. um, Ni- uh, Kenyan Twitter, sure. fucking Texas Twitter. Everybody's every, there's something going on everywhere, I, but yeah, go ahead. I, I, and I, and I kind of think like, you know, um, you know, if it wasn't like, I, I think the U.S. is very, it's very unique in that, you know, our history and our history of immigration, like, like me, you know, like I'm, a, I'm half Vietnamese, half Czech, but a hundred percent American, right? Like, I think, mm-hmm. I think sometimes, um, you know, the history of the U.S. is so that, you know, race is actually like one way that we, we discriminate against, against each other. Then there's also like, um, um, economics but mm-hmm. i think sometimes that's just us as human beings right like like if you you see you see things like in old time europe right where it's like oh no you're a chimney sweep so you're below me right like like mm-hmm. we're the same race but you know right there's always something there's always something there's, there's always, always something. fucking something always the name something. of the game is yeah. just how can you be better than somebody else it's not even like you're trying to be a better cook I'm, I'm You're not just, even trying to be a better mechanic. Exactly. I, I mean, you, and you see, like you said, you see that in other other areas of the world. I was like, I remember I was in Sri Lanka, and you know, a lot of a lot of it is just based on like religious mm. backgrounds. Like you know, like so so like you know, most of them are Buddhist, and they're like, oh, but I hate Muslims, you know. And I'm like, right. And I, you know, I'm just like, okay, whatever, man. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> not my story. Okay. Got <laughs> it. Saying, I don't know. <laughs> understood you know <laughs> so yeah everyone always, wants to be better copy sure, sure. Heard there's, you there's loud and always clear. something there's always something but i will say that i think like you know and and, and i understand what you talk about when when you talk about new york it, it's it's getting a lot harder you know but i i always come back to new york because you know even throughout all my travels there's there's no place like like here like the, the mix just 
the, the amount of people, the energy of the city. Like, I just feel like even on the subway, you know, people like you can see people of different races, different economic backgrounds, like living on top of each other and dealing with the same shit, like dealing with the MTA, right? So it's like everybody hates the MTA. <laughs> so yeah, every like, single last one. <laughs> if you gotta be on that bitch, you hate it. I know. I know. You had to be on the bitch, especially on the weekends, it. right? You know, when when things go express or local, and like you know, so yeah, that's one burden. <laughs> I am so glad to have never. I've always had a car. Mm-hmm. I remember the day when. I used to dream of riding the train. So I'm a Queens girl. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I'm in two-tier Queens, two oh, fair zone Queens. Um, so what that means, people who don't know, is that um, everyone likes to think that New York City is the place where everybody just hops on the train and it's all go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Not everywhere has a train accessible. Right. And Queens is one of the five boroughs of New York City. Um we won't even shit on Staten Island this conversation, but just know. You can if you want. We all got real heat for Staten Island. Why is they really a problem? Honestly, I'd personally take Long Island before Staten Island, but nobody asked. Back to what I was saying. Also, but cons- considering we're on the same landmass as Long Island any fucking way, whose decision was that? Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Not going there. But in New York, there are um, mostly Brooklyn, mostly Queens. Up Staten Island also has that issue, but we don't count them. Some parts of the Bronx, mm-hmm. but for the most part, there are certain little pockets in. I don't. I can't even think of anywhere in Manhattan that doesn't have accessible trains. There may be some areas that have like maybe one line or maybe There's, like two lines, but I, I feel like most of Manhattan is straight. They yeah. all, they got trains every fucking where, yeah. but in certain areas, there just aren't. The subway isn't available, so you have to take a bus. And in some places, you have to walk a little bit to a bus. But for the most part, you can kind of always find a bus someplace. But the bus lines don't necessarily connect you to everything the way um, the subway line does. Um, It's just a pain in the ass. It's a fucking headache. Uh, So I grew up in Queens, so always had a car. um, And because I had to drive. It's just the thing. And... um, Little me used to want to work in Manhattan and I used to want to be part of the buzz. And I thought myself to be a metropolitan woman of the world, right? I thought I was going to have a briefcase. I was going to wear fucking power suits. I was going to go to fucking meetings. I was going to have an assistant and it was going to be very Devil Wears Prada. I was going to be so much nicer though. I was not going to be very nasty, but I was absolutely going to come in. Donovan, where's the coffee? I don't know why Donovan is my assistant's name, but that's the first thing that came up with. But all of that moving and going and... It just um, didn't transpire that way. And I am totes cool with it. Um, But not everywhere has trains. And the trains that we do have are all trash. They're all disgusting. Um, They're not on time. (laughs) It's it's crazy, right? Like, and they charge so much more. The price keeps going the fuck up. And, and I just you, found you, out everything went up. Yeah. And you've been, you've been on, you've been on public transportation in other parts of the world too, right? Like it's, it's, yes. I was, I was in, okay. I was in Russia. This is 2018. And I remember like, you know, like I, I knew that the, the subway system there was like, it, it, each station has like uh, its own kind of unique decoration. Like, um, hmm. yeah, each, each station is like, so one station looks like a museum. One station looks like 
Yeah, it, it's it's now, incredible. Now, is this all of Russia or just wherever no, you in were? Moscow. I was in Moscow okay. and then St. Petersburg, but Moscow, it's like, it's known. Like, you can take a subway tour mm. where you stop off at different stations and <laughs> each station has a different look. It's incredible. And the trains, and you're thinking like, you know, Russia, right? But then you get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every two minutes, every two, on the dot, every two minutes, maybe because, God you know, damn. back in the day, someone would get shot if they didn't go on time. But like, you know. Every two minutes, it's quick, it's quiet, it's clean. I mean, Japan, where Japan's like me. that. Like, it's crazy. Clean is where you win me. That is my problem. I don't I, but I will say, New York is 24 hours. So, uh, you know, like, try try catching, like, a train, like, no. 24 hours in Japan. They are taxing me. They are taxing me. <laughs> I'm paying the taxes. I'm going to be this girl now. I'm paying the fucking taxes. Yeah. The ride is three fucking dollars to get anywhere mm-hmm. y'all y'all have the funds you're misallocuting them do not blame them people do not blame the staff and their overtime because them right. people are fucking working they are working in the capacity for the most part as customer service mm-hmm. in very va- in varying degrees whether you are a motorman whether you are a conductor whether yeah. you are a token agent i don't know which i'm hearing they're phasing out i get it but you know the person that's in the little booth or whatever like mm-hmm. th- let them people get their overtime it's not even about them right the overall company is just need it needs to maybe not be i would say that it maybe needs to not be privatized but the state is <laughs> no much better the state's not better the city's not better I so know. where do I we know. go from here i know and and just you know having to compete with rats to get on a train too <laughs> they're not even small thing. they're not even small they're the size of cats you know what i mean like i, I remember there was a rat coming at me one time i was on the platform they will was, be on the fucking train with yeah. you oh. you are stuck in the car with mm-hmm. them there's nowhere to fucking go you are in a two underground <laughs> the doors are closed the windows are closed it's not like there's a little hole for that right. for them to exit the, yeah. the bitch is moving so yeah. they moving with you and yeah. you're stuck where are you gonna go that's one thing that used to always terrify me about the trains like before i was on the train it was just like well i what if you're down there what if yeah. something happens? You yeah. ever watch, um, what was that movie? Uh, Daylight? I want to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's what it was like. That's where my brain was going. Mm-hmm. You feel me? I was, I was all thinking that, and I'm just like, and I'm underground. Mm-hmm. Like, it's basically a tunnel, just yeah. like in the movie. And it gets, but with mad other fucking people. It gets freakier when you go underwater. That was always my thing. Even as a driver, I'm not a fan Uh of bridges and tunnels. Mm -hmm. And that's, for me, it's more because, one, I know water is involved. Mm -hmm. Water is one of the scariest, most terrifying things to me. And it's because of the the deep blue sea, the unknown. I don't know what the fuck is under there. I'm not going to know. Yeah. It's none of my business. I would like it to stay there. Um, maybe someone explore, figure something out. There may be mysteries and secrets untold. I'm certain there are. I'm not going to be the one to discover them. Shout out to Inca Cresswell, who was an incredible guest who does explore the underwaters of it all. But I, um, it, for me, it's just the knowing that I am at the mercy of other people's poor decisions in a very precarious situation like position it's like if you decide to do something fucked up we're all fucked up if you one singular person accidentally do something fucked up Uh 
we're all fucked up. Like we yeah. are literally in this together and not in the like kumbaya no. after like, <laughs> a very, you know, becomes sad, the, scary moment. Yeah, becomes Lord of the Flies. That's that's that when, when that's when that's when everybody's like, like, I'm better than you. <laughs> Hello. It's like, well, you know why you should save me? Go back me? to that other point. <laughs> yeah. You should save me because like I've got this degree or these yeah. kinds of people waiting for me at home or mm-hmm. bitch if i don't have anybody <laughs> guess what i deserve to be saved because everyone deserves <laughs> to be saved yeah. fuck all y'all yeah. especially on the subway exactly but you're um so you're not a cartoonist anymore well no i i i i, I still freelance but um mm-hmm. uh you know Illustration work didn't make that much money, but being freelance allows me to, the reason why I do travel a lot is, is that I can work and I hope, I hope no one that I work with sees this, but I work remotely. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So like, it's, it's, it's very easy to kind of like do the work that I do, Mm -hmm. um, anywhere in the world. So I, you know, I I think we, we touched on this lightly when we were talking before this, like, uh, I just got back from Scotland. And, um, I was, oh, yes. I, yeah, oh, I was in, I was that, in please. Portugal and Scotland for, it was actually Hawaii, then Portugal, then Scotland, and then down to DC and then back here, mm-hmm. um, for the past month. Um, and that whole time, no interruption in work. Like, but the, wow. but the problem is, is the, the, the work hours, right? So in Hawaii, I'd be waking up at 2 a.m., taking calls, but, you know, it works. Yeah. So you work from 2 a.m. to like, 10, 10 a.m. and then you have the whole day. You can go to sleep early, yeah. like at like seven, and then like get get back up. But then uh, when I hit Europe, like Portugal and uh, and uh, Scotland, you know, it's it's uh, two p.m. Right, so you're trying to pack everything in the morning yeah. and then do everything in the afternoon. You know, so it was like a whole a whole different like thing. But that aside, it allows me to you know see the places I want to see and also. Um, not get fired <laughs> and make, make heavy on that part. Exactly. Make the money that I need to make so that I can travel. Right. That's, and that's, that's the number one thing I spend my money on is like, you know, I, I, I don't have a, don't, I'm not married anymore. Don't have kids. <laughs> like, you know, and people always ask me like how, yeah. how, how I can afford to you know travel all the time. And I, I think those are the main things. I think when you're, when you're single, you're free, like you can do whatever you want. And I know, you know, Traveling single sometimes scares people, but I think, mm-hmm. and a, a lot of times it, it, there's a lot of different experiences that you can have that wouldn't be open to you if you're traveling with someone else. People tend to just walk up to you and talk to you and just, yes. there, was, there was a guy, this is a story, like uh, back in 2007, I was in Japan and um, this is my first time in Japan and I was just walking around, this is my, like my second day in Japan, I, I was walking around the Imperial Palace and I'm just taking photos and like walking around. <laughs> oh no, but um, this old, this older gentleman, he just comes up to me, Japanese guy, and just starts speaking to me in English, like perfect English. Mm-hmm. And we had this like great conversation for about an hour. And he's about to leave, and I ask him, I, uh, I'm like, you know, how did you learn how to speak English? And he's like, well, there used to be this radio show, and I, I used to listen to it, and it taught taught uh japanese people how to speak english i'm like oh you know how great like you know, he he and i we say goodbye blah, blah blah and then later in the day i was i was in an, um i was somewhere in shibuya i was like shopping and i just hear this guy behind me he, you know he just screams out hey fella 
I look back and it's an, it's another Japanese guy, but he's speaking like perfect English. And, and you know, mm -hmm. we, we start talking and it turns out he's, he's born and raised in San Francisco, but you know, uh, uh, Japanese came back to Japan. I'm, and I'm like, well, what are you doing in Japan? And he says to me, he says to me, he goes, I used to have a radio show where I taught English. <laughs> and I, and I looked at him and I'm like, are you kidding? I was like, I was like, how many radio shows were there that taught English? He goes, I was the only one. And I, it just blew my that mind. That is like, so cool. That's like that famous crazy? Amos. That some people had to read or write. But is that in the, the yeah. in the same day, in the same On the same day. trip. Like for On you to be able to find. In a city like, of what? Like 20 million people? Like, like how does that happen? That you just that so meet, fucking cool. Right? And that they both found you. Yeah. And decided to talk to you. Exactly. Like that. And that's, that's the type of stuff I'm talking about. Like, like I have so many crazy stories and it's, and it's, I attribute it to like, um, you know, being able to travel on your own. And I know, I, I know as a guy and not a small guy, I have an advantage there. Right. Cause there are, there are countries where as a woman, I would not recommend someone to go on their own. You know, mm -hmm. there I've been in situations where like I've been in groups where women have been targeted right. and it's, and it's not, you know, I, I don't want to call any country out, but like, right. it's, it's, it's not, it's Perfect. not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, and when you're talking about feeling safe and stuff like that, you can speak all the languages you want, but in that case, I know it's, it's, it's not, you know? So I, I do yeah. understand. I have, I have, um, I do have an advantage in that, in that, in that respect, mm -hmm. being able to travel alone as a man, but still, even that way, you know, traveling alone, there's so many things that it affords you, you know? I think one thing that people tend to, um, trying to think of the right word here, um, maybe discredit mm -hmm. and not even in like a negative connotation. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes people don't consider it, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're not wrong, but sometimes the smaller stature and the smaller size mm -hmm. and the being the person that no one thinks much of allows you kind of the cover of discretion. Sure. Like just being quiet. Sure. Just kind of being small yeah. and not in a reductive small, mm -hmm. but in the whole, I don't take up a lot of space. Right. I'm but a snap big. So one thing that I have always known I was good at was dodging, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. I'm a shit skater. <laughs> I enjoy it. Okay. But I'm not fucking good at it at all. But I'm very good at avoiding other people. Mm -hmm. I'm very good at weaving in and out and around and down and contorting and ooh, almost so close. Oh, oh my God. You know, <laughs> all of that. I'm fucking good at it. And I think that that's one of the things that I haven't given enough credit to some of my safety is that I am a person that can take up less space. Sure. I am not perceived as a threat in a lot of situations. Sure. Um, so I know that outside of maybe being someone that someone is not used to seeing mm -hmm. uh, the black flake, the black face in mm -hmm. the crowd, if you're not used to that, sure. but in other instances when like no one is paying attention to, or if I'm not, that other, mm -hmm. I think that one thing that um, women can, 
Not always, because it don't always work, girl. Mm-hmm. Don't don't go out there saying <laughs> I told you this, and then right think that applies to every situation. But in some situations, it can absolutely work in your favor to um, not take up as much space. Like sure. you, I don't know how tall you are. Let's just say six three. Uh, two twenty-five. I'll take right? six three just... two twenty-five any day. Do it. That's there we fine. go. Okay, <laughs> let's say that that's what that's our archetype that we're going with, right? Sounds if good. it comes to um, you know, looking for someone that knocks something over, or if it comes to someone that may have uh, taken something, or someone to vilify. Uh-huh. Who do you think they're going to choose? <laughs> Depending on, and it's all fucking situational though. So that I, I caveat that with read the fucking room. Mm. You got to know how to use what tools at the right fucking time. Not every tool is ap- applicable for every skill set and for every job, but sometimes it just, play, it, it, it plays well. well I'll tell in you. In your favor. Yeah. I'll tell you like being, being taller sometimes is not right. And I was, this is another story for you. <laughs> and I'm full of stories. Like, you know, like go you, for it, run them. Cut me off anytime you want. But uh, one of the, one of the, one of the most amazing experiences I ever had was like, I was in Mozambique and in Mozambique, they speak uh, Portuguese too, right? It was a Portuguese oh. uh, colony. Yeah. So I remember okay, like um, just getting the sense of, what my experience is going to be like. I'll give you an example. I was, uh, I was, I was taking a taxi back to, um, uh, I was going to, I was staying in a hostel and I'm taking this, uh, like the, the plane landed at like, like midnight on Christmas Eve. <laughs> so none of the people wanted to be in the airport, blah, blah, blah. I get in this taxi. Um, this taxi driver really doesn't want to be there, but he's, he's, he's taking the money. Like he's driving me to this hostel and I have my arm out the window and this, this, car full of cops just drives up right next to us. They see my face and they look at me and, the, and one of the guys yells out. He's like, he's like, put your arm back in the car. And I'm like, why? And he goes, cause I'm going to give you a ticket if you don't. I'm like, all right, all right. I understand. So I kind of understood like, okay, you know, when you say read the room, all right, I'm, yeah. the, di- I'm the different guy. Right. So, mm-hmm. so I'm taking a bus from the capital to this, uh, this beach called, um, uh, Praia do Tofu. And it's, um, it was like a four or five hour, uh, ride on this bus. And the bus is like this bus from the 1950s that's made for like 50 people max. But of course there's like 200 people on the bus, right? <laughs> people standing in the aisles, blah, blah, blah. And I'm Pass sitting the down. Warning labels and right, Exactly. <laughs> and, and I'm sitting down. I'm one of the only, only foreigners on the bus. The police stop the bus. They come on, they see me. The first person they, they see, do. like you said, right? Like, they go, first you. person they see is they, <laughs> you. They say to me, they go, where's your seatbelt? <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, I'm like looking around the bus, like, like, what about these people standing in the aisles? He's like, he's like, if you don't wear a seatbelt, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a ticket. And when they say give you a ticket, it's like, you know, they you know just, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm like looking around and like, you know, this bus is Do the seatbelts night- even work? What the fuck? There was one, like one half of the seatbelt and I had to dig in. It was like dirty and greasy. Mm. I pull it out. I put it across my lap and he's like, all right, find enough. <laughs> just, just. I know, gross. But the last thing, like in, in Mozambique, when I was leaving, 
I'm going through customs, right? Again, one of the only foreigners going through customs leaving the country. Uh, I'm in line and I'm speaking to the, uh, the agent and she says to me, she's like, wow, your Portuguese is pretty good. And I say to her, thanks. And she says to me, she goes, um, you should buy me a drink. And I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, like once I leave customs, just buy you a drink and bring it back. She goes, no, give me money and I'll buy a drink. So I know right away she's asking for like money, you know? And, and at first, you know, as an American, I'm thinking like, you know, go fuck yourself. Like I'm not going to, you know, right. You. But then I'm thinking I'm going to miss my, it's like, she can make me miss my flight. She can like, she's got the power here. Right. So I'm right. like, and, and everybody in the line, they know what's going on. Right. But the it's cameras, like, don't fuck this up for us, bro. Right. <laughs> and the cameras, the cameras don't pick up audio. So she's just saying this out loud. Yeah. Smiling so, the whole time. I know. And so all I had was like about like $2 worth of whatever money. I forgot what they use. So she, she, she takes, she takes a, a, a bin and then covers it with another bin so that the cameras can't see. And I just throw the money in and I, and I leave. <laughs> so yes, there are times when it does, you know, it does pay to be like, not, not the center of attention, right? Like mm -hmm. not to stand out. Huh. So. And you know what? Real talk. <laughs> I don't blame these people. Honestly. Look. Get it where you fit in. Like, get your bread. That's... I just don't want it to happen to me. <laughs> I will say, in fairness, it's, it's kind of like, um, it's, it's kind of like, everything is fine. The, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. What's good for the geese is good. Whatever that, um, mm -hmm. that colloquialism or that mm -hmm. saying is, it's like, I get it, right? That's why I try, try not, and I'm very non-confrontational. Mm -hmm. I'm not a confrontational person right. by nature, I right. don't think, the way I would <laughs> tell my story. Because I had to take a pause. Uh, like, think about it, think about it. Are you, are you telling the truth? I don't think I would say, I'm not a confrontational person. I'd say 90-10, not a confrontational person. Okay. That being the case, I, I, I don't really like haggling people for prices. It's one thing to be like, I'd rather just say, oh, okay, thank you. I'm no, I'm not paying that. Fuck out of here. But I'm not going to fight you on a price because I understand the tourist tax. Sure. I understand you're not family. And I find that sacred, especially considering that in certain communities that I am in, I will absolutely show more love to the people that are part of that community. Sure. So it's kind of like when you're going out someplace and you're out and about and, you know, you have the opportunity to, it's not to say that you're not going to just randomly be nice to somebody, right? Mm -hmm. Um I don't think I tend to withhold kindness, but I feel that in a lot of situations, not in a lot of situations, any chance I fucking get, I'm going to absolutely be nicer or overtly nice or kind to an elder mm, sure. or I'm going to absolutely be, you know, nicer to nicest to a black elder or I'm going to be um, nicer to someone who is visibly queer, right. or I'm going to be nicer to someone who I feel like may not get niceties during the course of their experience in a space that I am in. 
So in fairness, I can't necessarily say that I think people are being abusive or reductive or just shit people by, you know, seizing an opportunity to try to come up on something. Because a lot of times tourists will come into these people's countries, especially Americans, Mm -hmm. and just shit all over the place. Sure, They will shit and just leave it there and expect someone else to clean up their shit. And I absolutely hate that. And I get that when you see people consistently come into these spaces and disrespect you, your coworkers, the people in, you know, in line in front and behind them, it's just, I can see how people will kind of just lean themselves to the, well, if I got the opportunity, why not? So I get it. And I also feel like in certain situations, and it's another read the room, they're reading the situation and they see, excuse me, like you as the American, Mm -hmm. everybody just assumes Americans have money. And in fairness, here you are (laughs) in another country. Here you are with your Patagonia Patagonia bag or your North Face jacket. We had to fly there, right? So they know at least you have money for a plane ticket. Right. Hello. So, yeah. Yeah. There Which are a lot all of people, these. Yeah. Don't. A lot of, yeah. Of course. They yeah. don't. They they scraping together for a bus ticket. That's exactly. going to take them two days to get someplace. Exactly. And here you are about to be where you got to be in four hours, yeah. 12 hours or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like there are all of these little signals and signs. And it's kind of like, especially in places where I know like my dollar goes wild far mm-hmm. on the one hand, it's terrifying because it's just like, yo, you can really get got for $5. And to you, it's just like, yo, it's only five, it's $5, yeah. but it's because that's $500 to them. Or yeah. that's like their much fucking yeah. weeks pay or their, I don't know, like I could pay my car note. Yeah. Which are little $5 or whatever the case is. So it's like in certain situations, that's one thing that I absolutely try not to do. I mean, I just feel like that's just the kind of person I am even here. But I try, especially when I'm traveling, not to, um, I don't say like wave money around, but it's like if you are going to, here we go, Cuba. Mm -hmm. I know the taxi driver fucked me over on my change. I know he didn't give mm. me the appropriate change, mm. but one, what I, what Spanish am I using to argue you? Like, what am, am I going to sit here, pull out my Google translate and <laughs> work this out on the one hand, part of that's on me. If I don't know how to count their currency, if I don't sure. know how to give the right currency or if I'm doing, you know, I'm relying on the niceties and the kindness of other people or i'm relying on other people to do the right thing in a lot of cases right yeah. so it's just like all right well in a lot of those situations it's just like yeah that's not <laughs> like, what are you that's gonna... not anybody else's job you yeah. know what i mean like if you don't know how to spend their money or if you don't know what is the custom there like the custom there might be like okay well you we do exact change so that you know we don't expect the cab driver to have 50 singles to give everybody change throughout the day. So these are things that we know because we're from here. So again, name of the game is read the room. It's yeah. just, I, I try not to make big potatoes out of fries. It, it's like some yeah. things just aren't fucking worth it. Is this worth $3 to me? If exactly. I know that $3 is going to go a lot further for them than it is going to be for me. Uh, I've seen people like, like, especially like in Southeast Asia, like, Thailand or Vietnam, mm-hmm. like haggling over a dollar, 
You know what I mean? And like, it's a fucking, it's like, just give them the dollar, man. Like, you know, it's not going to kill you. It's not right. And, and and people sometimes say, well, but it's not fair to the next person. I'm like, if they can't afford a dollar, then what are they doing in Vietnam? (laughs) And then also that's not your hill. That's not your cross to bear in a lot of cases. That's, I feel like that's, uh, that is kind of like, okay, you don't believe that because then you would take that up with everything. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's, and then in fairness, certain things I get that if this is like the fifth time it's happened to you, you feel like you might want to speak up for yourself. Sure, sure. Again, conditions, there, things, yeah. you know, there, I get it. There are other examples like, you know, when, you know, when whenever I've traveled in places where, you know, like the dollar does go farther, I'm a little more, like you said, a little bit more permissive of like maybe if someone mm-hmm. wants to like add on the tourist tax. The one example, though, I will say is like, you know, the first time I went to Vietnam, uh, I went with my mom. Uh, this is back in 2005. My mom left Vietnam in 1968. I'm not going to mm. do the math right now. But, you know, going back, um, it was her first time back since 1968. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was it was kind of a, you know, I'd always wanted to go back to Vietnam to kind of like get in touch with my roots and the same thing for my mom. But the thing is, um, they have a term for Vietnamese who left Vietnam during the war. It's called mm-hmm. Viet Q. So okay. there are people who left Vietnam during the war, went to different countries, now have a life outside of Vietnam, have money, you know, and then they come back. And, um, you know, Asian culture is all about, you know, um, respect for your elders, that type of thing. But they looked at my mom as Viet Q. So coming back, what happened was my mom and I, we, we had gotten um, visas to go into Cambodia. Ooh. And then as we're coming back to Cambodia, they let me in, you know, cause they, I, you know, they know I'm happy to me. They don't, you know, they don't question that, but they stopped my mom at the border. She had the same visa as I did. And I remember the, um, the border guard was telling her, he's like, look, something's wrong with your visa. You're going to have to pay me $50. And my mom was saying like, well, why, you know, like, you know, he and I, we have the same, the same visa. Mm-hmm. He goes, no, you just, he's like, if you want to get through, you have to pay me $50. <laughs> So I, you know, there are, there are examples of that, right? Like where it's like, it's like, you know, I can understand haggling for some, not haggling over like small stuff like that. But then sometimes, sometimes, you you know, that tourist tax, you just have to pay it just because otherwise you're not going to get What do you want to do? And then that's not, and that's another thing. Like, what all do you want to deal with? How much smoke are, like, what are you willing to eat for this? How is this the hill? Right. You are willing to die on. Is this uh, worth your entire vacation? Right. $50. Is this worth all right. the money, the energy, the 16 hours you spent on the plane <laughs> with somebody's baby crying in the back yeah, or with exactly. the smelly guy two seats up? Like, exactly. what's worth it to you? I don't... Sometimes yeah. it's not. And sometimes, it's really yeah. not. Sometimes, yeah. It's it's You just have to, like, chalk it up to, like, that's how it works, you know? And then just move on, you know? we And, and you are right. We're, we're privileged in that way that you know, we get to travel. I, I, I met a, when I was in Rio, uh, this is a while back. I was in Rio. This is like 2015, 2016. And, um, I met a woman, she must've been like 60 something. Mm-hmm. And she was, she was saying to me, this is the first time she'd ever been to the beach. Cause she lived in the interior of Rio oh, wow. at 60, you know? And I, and I said to her like, wow. like why? And she goes, I never had enough money to buy a bus ticket to get to the beach. And it's just so it's like, here you don't think twice, right? Like, like for us to take the bus somewhere, it's like probably the cheapest mode of transportation, right? right? But for them, it's it was just like you know, 
and that's out of reach. And 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 that's crazy. Like I remember my ex, her her mom had never been on a plane, and she was like sixty something. You know what I mean? It, it's 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 we are very privileged to have have that uh, be an option for us. You know, and and you talk about Cuba. Some of those people can never leave the country. You yeah. know, it, it, no matter how much money they got. I mean, you know, depending, but like. That that option is just not on how the table. educated you are, how experienced you are, how talented you are. It's Doesn't so matter. hard to get out of a lot of places. Uh-huh. A lot of things is kind of like who you know, yeah, who are you yeah. connected to, who are exactly. you related to, and it's that. Sadly, it's just like efforts mean nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. skill set and what's the word? Uh, it's not merit based. No, uh, no, it's not there is no meritocracy in a lot of places and. To your point, back when you were saying, um, I forgot where you said you were, but you were saying the, um, this might have been actually Nicaragua, because mm. you were saying the guy was actually a taxi driver because he made more. Yeah, yeah. In and you, Cuba. You see that in Cuba too, right? Like, tons yeah. of people doing that stuff. I ended up going to, um, like a, like a day tour, like mm. one of the Airbnb mm. things that you do. Yeah. And it was a nature tour and we ended up doing it was one of the best days of my life it was Mm, uh, i call it my day of first Mm. uh i did so many things for the first time that day Mm. and we were talking to one of the hosts and both she and her husband are biologists yeah like but whole ass biology degrees yeah and this is coming from someone who took bio in high school and <laughs> also did very well on that regents. <laughs> Thank you. Pat self on back. <laughs> Shout out to that lady. Um, I cannot remember that teacher's name, but she was a good one. But I still like to say bio ain't fucking easy. No. And they have full on biology degrees, able to give tours, explain things, point it out, say what everything is. God bless them. But they make the same as yeah. a bus driver, as you know, a nail yeah. tech or yeah. as, you know, um, a cashier, it's just, everybody makes the same. Right. And then you have service industries like your taxi drivers mm-hmm. that will make fucking more because you've got your tourists and you are always in demand. Yeah. So it's just like, you can be as wildly skilled or as wildly talented as no one else. Right. It could be you one of one. And unfortunately, that's just not how where you live happens to fucking work. And I get why people want to be other places and leave their country, uh, their semblance of safety for opportunity. Like I I get it, but yeah, and and you know, me being the the son of immigrants, you know, because of like war, I I completely understand that, you know, and Mm -hmm. just Cuba itself, like. I, I loved my time in Cuba. I've been there like three times actually, mm. but um, it's, I've never seen young people without hope like that before, because it usually, if you go to like a country where, um, you know, uh, money is an issue as, as, you know, money is the only issue, right? If you had enough money, you could probably like yeah. get a plane ticket leave. But there, there was really no, no other way out unless you escape somehow. Right. Like I remember talking to a friend of mine. Um, she's a waitress in a cafe there, but she's a civil engineer. She said to me, she goes, you know, like I make more money working in this cafe, but 
what am I going to do when I'm 50 or 60? Like, am I going to be just working in a cafe for the rest of my life? You know what I mean? Like, and and it just, it really hurts you to like, you know, it's one thing to see people with no money say that, but to see someone who has so much potential, so much education that with no possibility of anything, right? It's, it's really heartbreaking. Question for you. Mm. What do you think your experience as the son of immigrants, mm-hmm. if any, has had on the way you travel? I, I think, you know, number one, I'm always identified as an American, right? The way mm-hmm. I, whenever I go anywhere, the way I speak, the way I dress, the way I act, because I was born and raised here, right, is, is one thing. I'm always identified as an American. But um, as an immigrant, I do see the promise of the U.S. that a lot of people who are born here, who aren't like first generation Americans, kind of um, negate. So I'll, I'll, I'll say this, like, um, I think it gives you a different perspective on what it is to be an American because I've, you know, I've been, I've been, uh, called racial stuff before, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and not just by, not just by, you know, the white patriarchy, like, like I grew up in DC, DC is like, you know, 60% black. So I like, you know, I've been, I've been, you know, racially like, uh, you know, I've had that, I've had that come at me from different sides, but what it does is that it gives you a, a bigger view as to like what the potential is for the U.S. I, so I, you know, this is a very roundabout way of like saying I think you know the U.S. with all its racial problems, I think there's so much promise here. Um, and to give you an example, I, I'm gonna you know, and I always talk in stories. Like when I was in in France. Um, visiting my cousins there, you know, France, you know, Vietnam was a French colony. So my Vietnamese side of my family, they lived there. And they, okay. we were talking about, I had a trip to Morocco coming and um, I feel like, you know, especially in Europe, depending on where you are, things can be very racially separated, you know? And I think mm-hmm. in the U S even though we do have a lot of racial problems, you know, there aren't, you don't see a lot of like, government or, or, you know, local government, like policies where they're trying to separate races, you know what I mean? Especially like in New York, you don't see that at all. Right. Like, like you see communities coming together, like Chinatown or blah, 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 like Greek areas of like Astoria and stuff like that. But it's not because it's not because like the government's placing somebody in there. Like I remember I was talking to my cousin about visiting Morocco and we're driving through this area and he's like, why go to Morocco? You can go see Moroccan people here. And it was like a Moroccan neighborhood. And it was very like okay. this kind of separate um, mentality. The, the other thing I, I, I see is that, um, you know, uh, like in the U S you know, even, even people from, you know, first world countries, like I, I had a friend from Germany and he immigrated to the U S and I, and I asked him like, you know, why would you, why? yeah, why would you immigrate to the U.S.? You know, like Germany has it pretty good. And he said, like, well, look, even in Germany, the thinking is very old school. He's like, if you're born in a blue collar family, you're expected to remain blue collar. Like, oh, you're going to be a construction worker for the rest of your life. Whereas like 
in the US, even if you don't make it as a first generation, like, um, you know, your kids have a potential of, right. of growing up to be something else. And I, and I do see that I, you know, there, there are a lot of problems here with race and, and, and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, there is this mentality here that's different from other countries that you'll, you'll, you'll see, like, I, I use the example of my, my, um, my ex from Brazil, like my second ex, she, when she was, when she was here, she, she never wanted to become a US, U.S. citizen, right? She, she was like proudly Brazilian, like she wasn't going to give up her passport and anything. And um, people would always, she said, she lived in London for three years before she came here. And she said in London, people would always ask her like, you know, oh, where are you from? And she'd be like, oh, I'm from Brazil. And they would, they would say to her, you know, great, when are you going back? Right? Hmm. And the mentality here, it was different. Like people would ask her, where are you from? She'd say, I'm from Brazil. And then people would ask her like, are you thinking about staying? Are you thinking about becoming a citizen? You know what I mean? Like it's a different kind of mentality. She, she always said it was kind of like a gang mentality. Like if you're in the, if you're in the gang, like you're in, you know what I mean? So eventually she did, she got her, uh, her U S citizenship. She, yeah. (laughs) I mean, she, she just said like, you know, there are so many things about Brazil that, that I love that she loves, but security is one, you know, the Mm -hmm. widespread corruption is another, like, she just after two years, she just said to me, she was like, I can't, I can't live in Brazil anymore. It's, it's the that life sucks. here is just too, too convenient. You know what I mean? So, mm. yeah, I, I, as an immigrant, I, I do see, I, of course I see the bad things, you know, like that, that is very apparent to me. You know, I've, I've been, my, I've seen people ask my mom if she speaks, speaks English and like, you know, like, like the, the, the attitude that Asians get a lot of time times are like you know you're like mm-hmm. why are you here like go back to your country you know what i mean like yeah. so it, it's and i'm sure like you know hispanic population gets that a lot too you know but mm-hmm. like there is a lot of a lot of potential here that i think other people see too that's why that's why we have you know a crisis with immigration you know so you know and, and you see like other like other countries i I'll, I'll, I'll use Japan as an example. Like when I first went to Japan in 2007, um, and sorry if I'm like, just like, but you know, this, you know, this, this subject is really interesting. Like, um, when I was in Japan in 2007, I didn't see a lot of immigrants from other countries actually like living in Japan, you know what I mean? And, um, Japan has had a problem with like, um, declining birth rates, um, that type of stuff, like an aging an aging population. And the last time I was there, probably 2017, 2018, something like that, there were a lot of immigrants working, um, working there. The one guy I, I, I met, he was an Ethiopian guy who owned a bar, mm-hmm. you know? So I think, I think the, the, you know, especially when we talk about immigration, a healthy immigration policy and healthy level of immigration only helps the population. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think, diversity um also also is something that enriches the culture you know? always always yeah fantastic i mean always. yeah like like i would hate to live in a country that only had like macaroni and cheese or, or whatever you know what i mean like I, the one I'll, I'll tell you that's another thing i love about new york is that you have so much variety right like yeah everything uh, is here. it's everything 
everything. There's nothing you can't find here. And it's good and bad. Right. And it's and it's usually like uh, pretty good quality, right? Because there's a lot of competition. So you know. also you get it very well. Outside of the appropriators, you can mm. also get almost anything authentic here because sure. there are so many people sure. from so many oh. pockets of the world that For are sure. doing their thing. For you sure. can find it authentic as opposed to, you know, someone who's lived there for 10 years and decided to come back to the States and do sure. their version or fusion and space yeah. a room for that. However, <laughs> um, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm doing... Mexican, I would like <laughs> Mexican and not like authentic, uh, like American Mexican. It's kind of like um, there's Italian food and then mm-hmm. there's like Italian American food. You right. know, it, it's like there's it, this the, the things aren't always the same, uh-huh. but um, sometimes they run the same gamut. Sure. So I have one last question that I wanted to ask you. Sure. And it's about being a cartoonist okay. <laughs> or an illustrator. Cartoonist so, illustrator, same thing. How do you think, and then also tying in your, um, there's a word for it, um, speaking multiple languages, mm-hmm. um, before, instead of looking for the word sentiment is speaking multiple languages. How do you think that, so I'm going, I'm asking basically how, cause you say you like talking stories, like mm-hmm. I think in colors and clouds. And so mm-hmm. it's now making that putting them into words so that other people understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So illustration, right? Well, let me start by saying, do you have a specialty or a field of illustration or a type of illustration that you do? I I feel like that might be a thing. Definitely cartoony. I mean, like I can draw lifelike, but I I just hate it. The thing I love about cartooning, which kind of um, uh, aligns with my personality is that it just cuts through a lot of the bullshit. Like Mm -hmm. if you want to express something, cartooning you can express like the way i draw a face show an emotion or show a character expressing emotion can occur in like i can draw something in 10 seconds that expresses that idea whereas if you had to like really illustrate or like paint Mm -hmm. something it's it's a lengthy process right in cartooning i think it's such such a beautiful art in that like you're expressing emotion feeling um an idea in just simple strokes you know, you, you ask anybody that, that has seen my work, you know, like sometimes I'll just like, they'll say, Oh, what happened uh, that day that, you know, you were in Mozambique and you had to like, you know, mm-hmm. get past security. And I would just, I could just draw something within 10 seconds. They would understand. They, they, they like, Oh, I, okay. I completely understand it. Right. So that's, that's, that's what I would categorize myself as. Okay. So that mm-hmm. lends itself to the question that I'm asking. Okay. I feel like that someone who not only speaks multiple languages, mm-hmm. but that is as well-traveled as you mm-hmm. have a very, or has a very unique skill set in that level of experience or that type of experience mm-hmm. that can lend itself to your artwork. So how would you say being able to speak different languages and having been to so many different places and shit, even being the, you know, the child of immigrants, like how would you say all of those experiences that in and of themselves just kind of lend you to being more open-minded and lending you to having, I don't, maybe like tangential experiences and understandings Mm -hmm. of 
ideas, feelings, emotions, and the realm. How does that kind of affect, not necessarily affect, but like play in your art? Because I feel like you have a very unique gift in that there's, so especially considering the way you said cartooning, right? Like you can express something like, yeah. Yeah. You can bring it to life Mm -hmm. differently than in illustration, I guess, Mm -hmm. maybe the Right, the right way to say it. Right. And so being that that's what you do with all of those extras that you have, the language, the traveling and your upbringing, like I feel like that uniquely is able to affect the way you can draw pictures and people and faces and ideas and feelings. Sure. But that's my assumption. So I'm asking, well, how do you think they tie? Oh, what it, how it all ties together. And I think, you know, um, they all, they all kind of come together in that, like, I'll give you a few different examples, right? Um, When I was in Japan, uh, like, a lot of people know this, Japanese are very visual, right? So even if you go to a restaurant, like, you'll you'll have, like, um, representations of the food that they serve outside, just just, like, they have their whole industry of just plastic food, you know, to make, you know, like, to give, give diners a representation of what they serve. So I remember there was a, a place near, near the place where I was staying that had, I, I would walk by and I, I noticed that they would fry fish, they would fry chicken. You know what I mean? It was just this big fryer that was going on all day. And I, and I really wanted to try what they had, but I didn't know how, I don't want any Japanese. So I remember I, I just walk in and I just draw a, a really little small cartoon of a chicken. And I'm like, can I have this? Like the chicken. And the guy's like, oh yeah, I understand. It's a chicken, right? I never even fucking considered that. You can just draw what the fuck you want. Exactly. And then I drew like a little, I drew like a little fish and he's like, oh yeah, I can fry you up some fish. You know what I mean? Like it was just something like that. So that's, that's one example. The other example that I use is like, um, you know, when I was in Madagascar, this is a whole, that, that, that's a whole story in itself. But when I was in Madagascar, I was stuck in this like village for about six hours. We were waiting for, our car had broken down mm-hmm. and we which were is waiting. a great story by it's, the way i'm going to caveat i'm going to include that link in the description box it's, so it's going to be a link it's a crazy to, story and it has your illustrations <laughs> in it exactly. also which are fucking fantastic and entertaining nice. in and of themselves Thanks. in addition to the story so that'll nice. be in the description box make sure y'all check it out it's only like six minutes long and it's yeah, a great six minutes it's a but crazy story but yeah our, our car had broken down and we were waiting for the driver's friend to pick us up from another village and we were in this village and I'm talking about like old school village, like, like straw huts, like, uh, just a river of shit that was, you know, running through the village. That's their, that's oh, their, literal. Oh, oh. And like cows and everything like, but, but everybody had a cell phone. Everybody had, had a computer, which was kind of funny. And I, and, um, they had seen, they had seen, um, uh, you know, they, they've seen other faces before, like in movies or on TV, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we we're probably like no one mm-hmm. no one like me had ever been in that village before you know like i was there with a friend of mine she's you know she's white blonde girl and there were these little like little children that were were just kind of staring at us you know not really interacting with us so i just i just drew pictures of them like hiding behind the you know hiding behind the so yeah cool. and i would give them the little drawings and it was something that kind of like opened up they you know they it, it, it opens up the conversation. So, so even though I can't speak that language, Malagasy, like they, they, 
they could connect with the drawing, right? Like that's just another form of communication, right? So I think, you know, stuff like that. And I've done that in like, I was doing that in, in a lot of countries where, where I don't speak the language. Like I, you know, it's just like, and there's like maybe a language barrier, especially with children, like children are, are a little bit more open to stuff like that. Like it's just a, a nice little gift to just kind of warm up the relationships. And then, after that, it was like it was full on. You have a million like, friends. Oh my god! Yeah, the kids were just full on. It was crazy because like like um, there were especially there was this group of little girls. They were you know, and my friend, like I said, blonde white girl. They'd never seen you know. They're touching her hair. Yeah, they're like touching her skin. Yeah. They were looking at her nipples to see how like the colors were different. Like it, it was it was crazy, you know. So. So I don't it, know how her nipples got out there, they, I they mean, just they just like looked in. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Kids are fucking intrusive mm-hmm. and curious, and yeah. honestly, it's a fair question. I get it. No, they, like you, you only have one picture of yourself. Like you see yourself and the people that look like you, and it's right, just like right. Fuck it. But yeah, I think I think all of that, like you know, if you can't speak the language, definitely the, the cartooning, it helps break down a lot of barriers too, because, you know, like, I think that's just another form of communication, another form of like, Absolutely. people. Yeah. So, and, 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 and the way it affects me now is that, like I, like I said, like, um, you know, that story about what happened in Madagascar, it's just something that I can like draw about, animate about, and, and, com- uh, and, and, uh, communicate through that, through that, uh, animated piece that you're talking about. So, Yeah. And I think you might be selling yourself short, but I feel like you probably have a very unique way of being able to express different emotions mm-hmm. in your drawings, sure. in your illustrations, sure. your cartoons, because of your experience outside of your own world. Well, like you, you don't necessarily have just like um, a very American sure. lens or an American eye, and there's nothing wrong with that because sure. there's value in that also. Sure, but I think like back to what we had said earlier in the conversation with speaking different languages and the way that different languages hold so much more nuance. Being able to speak and understand those languages, I feel like allows you to see so much more nuance in expression and in emotion. And then having been able to say you've been so many different places in the world and seen so many different types of people and ways of being a people, ways of just being in the world and life experiences, you can bring that into your art. And I think that sometimes people look at travel as just kind of like a... um, you know, a collection of passport stamps. Right, and, right. You know, it's part right. of it's part of that journey through being a traveler, if you will. Right. You start like, oh, I've been here. I've done this. I've done that. But it's like, okay, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. gradual steps. Sure. You know, everybody gets where they're going differently, right? Right. But I think that one thing people um, don't necessarily consider maybe one through four or one through five that I love and enjoy um, noting, if you will, is that travel is so much more than vacation. And there are so many benefits to travel that come tangential to the vacation of it all, to the rest, to the refreshing and the, you know, renewing of whatever it is you wanted to shift or realign or adjust in your life. But I think that if you allow it, being in these different places gives you the opportunity to see yourself in 
an entirely new light. Sure. And it also allows you to see and experience people differently just because you're on their ground, like right. you in their house. So if you open yourself to it and if you respectfully allow yourself to just be a visitor instead of kind of just right. <laughs> yeah, through exactly. other people's yeah. shit, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just like, just be quiet. Yeah. Be present yeah. in the spaces and enjoy the different. Enjoy sure. the nuance mm -hmm. and enjoy and try to absorb what these other places and what these people have to offer because it's only going to enrich and like add to what you already bring mm -hmm. to the table if you allow it to. Sure. So, um, sure. James, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you, thank you, thank you so very much. I'm, I'm so happy to finally, yes, to actually finally chat with you because I know, like, I, like we, we stalk each other on Instagram and like we, we we send comments sometimes on our photos, you know, and I love watching like like looking at your posts about where you're traveling and stuff like that. So it's, it's always, it's always great to connect like in real Absolutely. life. <laughs> right. And in virtual real life. Exactly. And it's so wild exactly. that it's just like, people love to say, Oh, it's just the internet, bitch. The internet is real life. All right. <laughs> exactly. Like chill. That's one thing that I never really kind of like, I get people's point, but it's just like, but is that your point? Or are you just trying to remove yourself from responsibility and being a good person because the internet is fucking real life. So it's a pleasure to finally fucking meet you. And are you open to people meeting you? Are you open to people reaching out to you? Sure. Um, I mean, where would you? People can always you know? find me on Instagram. I mean, you know, Instagram is, is all I, all I post on. So it's, it's um, at James Novi. So it's N O V Y. Um, and, and it's a private account, but you know, feel free, send me, send me a request. I'll, I'll, I'll add anybody. Don't be a bot. Don't, don't be, be a weirdo. Bot. It's yeah, got great photos, a, great exactly, experiences. Exactly. Exactly. But like, and, and you'll see like on my, on my account is just tons of like, all it is, is just travel photos. There's no selfies, nothing like that. It's just me. Uh, it's just the places that I've been. So, and yeah. it is a great account of okay. that you have been. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. James, thank you so much for rocking with me. Thank you so much for coming and talking to everybody. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I hope you enjoying, you are enjoying this series of just regular fucking people. Like there is so much to be gathered from the world if you just fucking talk to people. And the same, like you could literally, unliterally, actually but like semblance of having like your own kind of podcast if you mm -hmm. want but just fucking talk to people sure. talk to people the person next to you on the trap oddly enough i only talk to i don't want to say it only but i talk more to people in my travels than i do at home i get the difference the point <laughs> is you can learn something from anyone if you ask the right questions and you can absolutely gain so much more from vacation if you open yourself up to the opportunities. So speaking to people, especially on your vacations, can open you up to your vacation being more than just a vacation and it being a life experience. So I appreciate you guys being here and enjoying these conversations with us every week. And I hope to see you guys next week. Um, that's it. Bye, y'all. <laughs>